podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. We have um, a returning guest, a much sought after guest, Ramchandra. Hello, Ramchandra. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi, Ajit. Uh, nice to be here again. As always, I mean, uh, I've got some very positive feedback whenever we've had uh, you on the podcast. and We're happy to have you. Yeah, it's great. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Coming back to what's going on on the field... Yeah. Australia panicking a bit as the test match draws to a close? Very much. I mean, this was on the cards, isn't it? Like uh, 280, irrespective of the condition in the pitch, uh, the fourth innings, the pressure is always going to get to you if you play ultra defensively. And uh, I don't know why, you know, Kawaja was... I mean, uh, he did not play his usual uh, self. I mean, uh, you could see that, you know, it was, it was pretty much ultra defensive. It is not that there were wickets falling on the other end, but for some strange reason, he went to his shell and then look, now he's got out and they're panicking now. And England are just three wickets away from, uh, an, uh, I would say, a historic win, uh, just for the simple reason, the way they approach this test match. Mm-hmm. You don't expect, you know, test teams to declare on the very first day after 80 overs, you know, when they are three, 380 or 390 or 48 and your best batter batting on 118 and he's still going strong and you declare, you send, send them a signal, send them a message that we are here to, you know, we mean business here. And if this approach is fetching them, you know, so many laurels, so much laurels, and if this this results into a victory, I mean, uh, England is going to rewrite the, you know, the way Test cricket is going to play in the days to come. We we know that this England team is really, you know, trying to change the paradigm of how Test match cricket is played. I mean, those victories in Pakistan, for example, uh, all the other victories they have achieved so far under Ben Stokes and uh, Ben, uh, Brendan McCallum is, is quite something. So, keeping with that, they are also thinking ahead in terms of how to achieve a result, right? So, that way, you should give them the credit that, you know, they are achieving what they are uh, setting out to do. So, well, I mean, you can see that um, in this game as well, they declared ahead of time. I mean, before we get to the first day, I mean, we are very close to the end here. And I just wanted to mention, right, Australia's strange slowdown after T. So we are about one hour into the session, last day, uh, last session. And you can see that Australia strangely slowed down after, um, you know, T. So they had actually made into the last day, at T, they had faced 59 overs and made 183 runs. But now they have actually added only about, you know, 28, 29 runs in 16, 17 overs, which is very weird. And now Carey, who's looking to score some runs, trying to take the pressure off the team, right? He's looking very uncomfortable there. I mean, they are trying to hit the ball in the air, trying to hit it into the gap, trying to put the pressure back on England. But these 67 runs that are required with about 20, 21 overs, 22 overs left, do you think Australia will be able to get there if, let's say, Carey and um, come in stabilize? I uh, never say no, but uh, at the moment, it, it looks like a huge mountain to climb. And, uh, and Ajit, there's one more thing. Uh, just, mm. There are just four overs. 
into the new ball and imagine facing broaden anderson hmm. against new ball uh, with carry and cummins uh, even even if carry serves i mean there will be another end where they will attack with cummins lion and hazelwood left so right. i think uh, at the moment england hold uh, i mean all the aces but you never know you never say no with cricket you know i mean no one thought that the birmingham test of uh, 2005 would 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 go to the wire i mean when uh, michael clark was dismissed for that solo slow delivery of hamison on the mm. fourth day mm. evening right. i mean uh, what there were seven or eight down and they needed 100 plus runs to get but mm. the way uh, warren and brettley and then castro is batted they just almost they were just one boundary away uh, from a victory so unfortunately that didn't happen he was wrongly given out but they were you know three drs days you can't complain but they made a match out of it so if Absolutely. anyone approaches or employs that kind of a uh, method no mm. they still this game 67 runs are not not allowed if you have if someone plays a blinder a carry is pretty much capable of uh, playing those kind of innings he, he has all the shots in the book he plays big shots but uh, as i said you when you put the new ball thing into the perspective uh, everything goes uh, england's way i mean that's what i feel and i mean at times the, uh, the you know new ball can be double edged sword but uh, mm-hmm. I, i don't see you know any miracle happening today if it happens i think it's going to be great for uh, australia Yeah. Absolutely. Look, you've covered most of the points. Just that, you know, a new ball is almost always a double-edged sword as well. If you're not careful, you may leak runs because the ball will travel. Yeah. And yeah. from their approach, I can see both Carey and Cummins are opening out a little bit. You know, if yes. the new ball is available in the next four overs, if they have got their eye in and a few strokes going, right? Yes. Who knows? So all I know is this is going to be a real real thriller and even as we record let's try to keep an eye on what's going on in the remaining 45 minutes. So you know I understand we wanted to record a bit later but due to some other commitments I wanted to finish it and also with the time difference I didn't want to keep you awake too late in the day. So you know otherwise I would have waited this out these 45 minutes will be very very exciting if you're a test match fan but we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Now if we now go back to the first table Usman Khwaja Look, first of all, England sees the initiative. Joe Root he did a bit of declaration batting, and wonderful effort from Johnny Bairstow. Because at that stage they were in a bit of trouble, right? Yes. If Johnny Bairstow had not played at you know five for one seventy six, it was a possibility England could have been under two fifty all out. That that would have given the initiative definitely to Australia. But Johnny Bairstow. you know justified his inclusion up to a point i would say he i think uh, purists are not happy about his keeping but uh, first of all are you happy johnny bester head of folks uh, look uh, the, with the kind of form he was in, in the far past 18 months especially in test match cricket he would walk into the playing 11 the moment he was fit he would walk into playing 11 and uh, Uh, so i think whether he should keep or not that's the thing that's a conjecture and i believe that uh, ben fox uh, could have could have done a much better job as a keeper but uh, the baseball approach they want a proper batter to keep wickets so they don't want to waste a slot just for wicket keeping it's not that ben fox cannot get runs but he mm. is template is different he's he's batting is completely different uh, so probably they went with uh, best show just for the simple reason that you know he provides that you know apart from his wicket keeping skills he is an aggressive batter so mm. i mean uh, things can go either way even a, a specialist keeper can drop i mean having said that even best show was was a specialist keeper wasn't he and uh, it was just only in the recent past that he you know he gave away his gloves and concentrated on batting so i mean uh, yeah of course when when keeper uh, drops catches and when that catches you know drop catches prove costly obviously i mean experts are going to you know crucify you but uh, i don't think i mean even if england wins this test match i don't think uh, you know 
Bashor's keeping would be vindicated. He was pretty, I mean, you could see the butterfingers, you know, he missed a lot of uh, catches and a few stumpings as well. So, mm. you can't do that uh, in test match cricket. That's, uh, that's why, I mean, I remember Ajit telling you that I'm not a great fan of uh, KL Rahul keeping in the WTC final. This was right. the reason why I said right. that. Because test match keeping is, is a completely different ball game altogether. When you talk about T20 cricket, I mean, mm. how many balls would you get? 15, 20 b- balls at max. But when you talk about test match cricket, you've got to concentrate for each and every ball. You never know which ball is going to come your way. So, hopefully that doesn't uh, prove costly for England and they can run through uh, the lower order of uh, Australia and, uh, you know, register a great victory today. Ah, well, it's it's the captain, Cummins, and uh, Alex yeah. Carey who are in their way, let's yeah. just say, and maybe after that, a couple more people. But all in all, yeah, you're right when you say, right, at least from his perspective, Pierce has always been like a manufactured keeper. Let's say he's... He's been a good enough keeper in the shorter formats, longer formats. As you say, maybe he's a bit ring rusty with the gloves as well. Right? And yeah. he's coming off a long injury layoff. It takes some time to get yeah. into the groove. Yeah. But I think he did okay. But, uh, you know, you're right yeah. when you say, you know, one catch or one miss thumping and, you know, um, this could actually mean the end of a uh, chance where that batter goes on, makes a double hundred or something. But when you, yes. look at, when you look at Australia's innings, there is 393. They first of all didn't give a wicket on that day. But the next day, um, they came back. They batted the whole day out thanks to basically this guy, Usman Khwaja. He's, he's, he's not had a proper uh, convincing tour of England previously, Ashes. So he had a point to prove. He did that. He batted the whole day out and even batted an hour into the next day. Right? Made 141. Um, basically built a series of partnerships. For a change, Marnas and Stephen Smith failed double failures, which is very rare. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then, Travis Head, Cameron Green, Alex Carey, and Pat Cummins made sure this, this um, lack of uh, contribution from these big two did not really uh, did hurt them much because they came to within seven runs of England as, as good as a one-inning shootout, right? And then I think yeah. Australia were in the ascendancy when they took a couple more wickets. Three for 77 or even at four for 129 and Joe Root got out. You were thinking, oh God, Will it be like a 200? We lost LHS 200. So they were able to get that additional 70 runs thanks to a little bit of pluck. This also includes Johnny Bairstow's 20, Moeen Ali's 19, Ollie Robinson's 27. Even Stuart Broad and Anderson made 10 scores. So that, that's fantastic, yeah. right? So that additional 70 runs is what we are all looking at now as a chase, right? Yes. And yeah. the bowlers earned the right so that they could try and win the game for the team. True. And a lot of credit for me between Lyon and Cummins, I was reading, they bowled two-thirds of the overs that Australia bowled in a small period on the fourth day. That's quite something, isn't it? Yeah, they are their uh, best bowlers, right? Their best seamer and best uh, mm. uh, spinner. Mm. Lyon, I mean, uh, full match to Lyon, you know, the conditions uh, the conditions he bowls. And it's close to 500 test match wickets. That's, that's such a rare and such a, such a magnificent feat, you know, once he gets there. For, uh, for mm. a spinger spinner who doesn't have the dusra to you know, to pick 500 wickets bowling on in, in Australia and, uh, you know, in the conditions where, uh, you know, does it doesn't suit uh, spin bowling. I mean, it's, it's I mean, uh, his, his bowling record is ridiculous. That's that's why I put it because, you know, uh, when you're playing, uh, when, apart from Shane Vaughan, uh, there hasn't been a single spinner who's picked up more than 300 wickets for Australia. So, when you talk about mm-hmm. someone like Nathan Lyon, no one expected him to, you know, go this far. And look at the way when he made his debut in 2011. They tried. They had tried a lot of spinners before him. Nathan Horridge, Jason Crazer, everyone. I mean, I just thought that he's one of those you know guys who was who just 
would play a couple of games and just uh, vanish. But look, look what he has done. I mean, it's unbelievable fit, Ajit. I, I mean, I fall fall short of words de- describing his attitude and his bowling. He's uh, such a. I mean, in my book, he's a, he's a legend already. Absolutely, he's called the goat for a reason, right? But I think he's very, very underrated. If you look at uh, very much, very, very underrated, yeah. And he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. I mean, we believe that just because he doesn't have the dusra, we believe that he's, he's just a conventional bowler. But varying his pace and trajectories, he 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 bamboozles the batsman. That's a, it's a great trick to have. I mean, also his control over line and length, the flight. Yeah, right? his control accuracy. It's still that, right? It's old school cricket where you can still beat the batsman in the air. You don't have to beat them through variations, but just the dip, the flight. He's a past master of overspin. You're absolutely right. He has a good straighter one as well, right? You really don't need a dusra. Yes, that's that's, that's more than enough to sort of uh, get over a batsman yeah. because he's playing the longer format. That's his speciality and he has the time. He's going nowhere, right? You know, this guy's going to come after you half a session maybe if not a full session right yeah yeah he's tirelessly he he, he he can just hold one end and bowl through the day i mean that, that's his you know a great quality absolutely so him and captain Cummins sort of put australia in a position where they could have made it really tough and maybe even chase like under 200 but then england showed their pluck this new this newfound belief that they can chase it down Right, and then now it's it's a real real fight. I mean, you would think Australia were a bit unlucky to lose a whole session today, right? And then this sort of an approach could have been potentially justified, but now having lost that session, you would think at least after tea they would play evenly rather than almost as if going into a shell. So that's the only thing that was a difference. But yeah, we are heading yes. towards a really really good finish. So yeah. I think you made it clear. I must say, England will win. You see, you think. Yeah, just matter of one wicket. Just matter of one wicket. Even if they're like, you know, twenty twenty-five to get with three wickets intact, one wicket can open the floodgates. I mean, you remember the ninety-nine Test team, right? In, right. In, in oh, when Tendulkar right? got out, uh, India yeah, I remember. Pakistan. India oh, needed. Yes, yes. I think India needed twenty runs, and uh, they had four wickets intact, and Sachin got out. Then I think Kumble, Joshi, and uh, Srinath followed, and it was just a matter of what. Uh, two or three overs. I mean, pressure can get to you. And I mean, when you look at the pitch, there are no no demons on this pitch as such. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, the pressure obviously will, will always mm-hmm. be there, irrespective of the pitch you're playing. Fourth innings chase is always going to be tough. And look, if it was 400 to chase, they would have, they would have I mean, Australia would have easily you know, put down the shutters and say, well, look, we are going to play for draw. The fact that is a, is a 280 is a gettable one. And it's kind of a tricky chase. I mean, this is what makes the game interesting. If this chase was somewhere on 400 and, uh, you know, he, he, Australia could have said, boss, we are done with this game and put down the shutters and play for a draw. And 280 has made this game uh, really alive. Mm. So, these days also 280 is a chaseable score. There were enough yes. enough uh, tests and not so long ago where people would simply, you know, shut shop. Uh, our teams yeah. will simply shut shop and be happy to play out for a draw. Now, it, it's 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 actually an anathema to play for a draw because you know you are giving the initiative over to the opposition. I mean, there were days when, if you remember, yeah. South Africa blocked out, I think, 150 and, overs. Uh, yeah, there's one more thing. There's a WTC points are also at stake, uh-huh. so I think uh-huh. uh, <laughs> all the more reason to play aggressively and uh, fetch as many points as you can. Makes more sense. Makes more sense. Yeah. So that's the Ashes. Now, if we go on to the one other test match, which we had sort of briefly spoken, but the result was more or less determined. The Bangladesh versus Afghanistan yeah. test. Did you get a chance to catch up on this at all? 
Yeah, I did uh, follow briefly, and uh, yeah, Shantos twin centuries, and then Mominil joined him in the second innings. I mean, it was a uh, like one one sided game, and uh, what was you know heartening to see Ajit was mm. uh, Bangladesh is seamless, uh, you know, uh, picking wickets. Uh, it was Zabadat Hussain. I think it was Tashin Hamad in the second innings. More than the spinners, I think it was the seamers who made an impact and uh, got majority of the wickets. That was great to see. Absolutely. Look, Afghanistan were even more underprepared and potentially, you know, without the experience yeah. like Rashid Khan. Yeah, no Rashid Nabi. Khan, yeah. Nabi doesn't play, but also, you know, they yeah. have withdrawn a couple of players. No Nabi, no luck. Yeah. They had to rest. They had to rest uh, Rashid Khan, they decided. It, it was a little bit weird. But I mean, yeah. it was a decision taken. And you also saw Bangladesh were without Tamim and uh, Shakiba. So Shakib, yes. these were the two big stars that were also missing from Bangladesh. But you know, there's a bit of needle now between these two sides. Now, this is the budding cricket rivalry in Asia simply because the last time these two uh, met in a series, Afghanistan had beaten Bangladesh in Bangladesh, where oh. Rashid Khan had taken yeah. 11 wickets or something. And uh, basically, it was a very, very tight game. But Afghanistan looked in control right from the start. So I think Bangladesh probably remembered it in a not nice way. Yeah. They wanted to inflict a similar sort of a defeat on Afghanistan. This was like a route, 500 presidents' victory. It is like a route, simple. And I mean, Bangladesh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bangladesh is always a competitive team at home, and irrespective of which team they play against, I mean, mm. they almost had India under the mat in December. And one wicket, you know, the Shreyasaya yeah. Ashwin partnership. Had that not happened, yeah. it could have been a historic victory for Bangladesh against India, the first ever test victory against India. So I think they've beaten England. I think they've beaten Australia also in a test match at home. So, I mean, all the more reason to be wary of them when you travel to Bangladesh. They're no more the, you know, pushovers. Oh, no, no. used to be uh, half a while. I think it's already for half a decade now. You don't go to Bangladesh yeah, underprepared or underestimating the home team. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, you don't see, you know, major players also pulling out and saying it's only Bangladesh. Mm. No, you can't do that. This is. Absolutely. Look, they had enough of a lead in the first innings to easily enforce a fall-on. Yeah. But... Yes. They wanted to make sure Afghanistan were baked in that sun. It was apparently very hot those days, right? And yeah. uh, Najmul Hussain Shanto had a point to make that he belongs at the top level. He did that with twin hundreds in a yeah. test. First Bangladesh to do that. And of course, I think yeah. Mominul Haq needed those runs. He sort of, uh, he was a coming man in Bangladesh two, three years ago. He was the captain of the test team. But now, you know, he's not really going... Um, the places that you would expect him to go. Like, you know, Tamim Iqbal is close to retirement. Shakib is close to retirement. Mamadullah is gone. Right? You would expect yeah, yeah. people like him to step up. Him, Litan Das. Litan Das is shaping up well. Mushfiqur Rahim will also be gone. So, the next generation you want to, you know, step up and take the responsibility. Mamadullah, Sanjay. Yeah. These are all people who are now shaping up very nice. Yeah, especially Mohin Haq, uh, when he made his debut in 2012-13 and uh, got the string of, you know, high scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought that you know he's he is the probably next Ashraful for uh, Bangladesh, but uh, after a brief you know kind uh, of a purple patch, he just tapered off a bit, and again he has come back. That's a great sign. I mean, he's still there and thereabouts, and his average is close to forty now. So that's a great sign. Absolutely. In the meantime, I think England took the new ball, and Jorud continued bowling with it, and it looks like he's gotten carry, and. Finally, he's taken oh, that cotton yes. behind, cotton the, the cotton bolt. Remember the cotton bolt he had missed in the previous over? This time, he's got yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. now, I think it's England's game to lose. And Australia will be really yeah. hoping they can get away with a draw. There's way too many runs I mean, left. 
Yeah, I think uh, the Cardiff 2009. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they need to. Hazelwood uh, and Cummins, is it? Or Lyon and Cummins? Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, probably the Monty Panesar and Anderson played 10 plus overs in that game, if I remember. Right, uh, right. 2009. Absolutely. Yeah, so probably something of that heroic effort from uh, one of, you know, two of the tail enders. Mm. Probably Cummins can stay in there. He's, he, he, I mean, he has a technique to survive, but uh, I think this is going to be crucial, Ajit. I think Lyon has to stay there because once Hazelwood is in, uh, then you're always. Uh, asking for trouble. Absolutely. Let's see how it goes. But coming back to this yeah. one, look, Bangladesh sort of wanted to make a point. They made it very well. And Afghanistan will be very disappointed that they couldn't last even 100 overs with both the innings, let alone 100, I think, close to 75 overs. And that's something they'll really want to change because, you know, they have the batting. Hashmatullah Shahidi, Nasir Jamal, Rahmat Shah, and Abdul Malik, even Ibrahim Zadran. The top five was pretty good as far as Afghanistan was concerned. This is something they would feel a bit disappointed with because if you can't bat 7,500 overs in an innings, there's no way you're going to ever win a test match, right? And and I understand that it was two years between tests and all that, and they've been coming off a a slew of ODI and T20 series. But I think you could see, right, they were trying to score too quickly, hardly lasting 33, 34 overs. This is something that Jonathan Trott, who's the new coach of Afghanistan, will probably work with these charges to try and get them to a place where they are comfortable blocking out 30, 40 overs. You know, the top three, top four, actually set a platform, take 50 overs out of the game, give it 100 for two, it's okay, right? 100, 120 for two, this is fine. So, and also there are a couple of retired hurts, retired not outs that uh, Afghanistan suffered in the second innings. And there again, as you said, the fast bowling. Shoreful Islam 3 and Taskin Ahmad 4. Uh, Bangladesh will be really, really heartened to see their two to three fast bowlers coming out and winning them the games. Yes. All right. So that was the quick wrap up there. Now, going on to the Cricket World Cup qualifiers that started in Zimbabwe. Just a bunch of days. Amazing set of games. What, do you, what are your yes. thoughts yeah. on this so far? That Oman game was really like uh, really surprising. Seeing Oman win that game right. against Ireland uh, was was very heartening to see. You know, and it was not like that. You know, they chased uh, 150 or uh, something like that. I mean, chasing 280 was was always going to be a tough ask, and they did it with ease. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it was. You're getting to see a lot of competitive games, Ajit. I mean, that's the best part about these qualifiers, right? Uh, I mean, of course, Sri Lanka and West Indies are a few notches above the rest, but other games, I think, the teams like uh, you know Nepal, Zimbabwe, uh, they are giving a close run for everyone's money, and especially Zimbabwe, I think the way Hassan Raza played today, uh, you know, century uh, at a strike rate of 200 is something you don't mm. uh, see in 50 games, and he played out of his skin. I mean, he. I mean, it just shows why he's the best Zimbabwe batter at the moment. It was unfortunately against uh, Netherlands. So, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a bit unfortunate because Netherlands outdid themselves as well. Batting first. They yeah, I mean, 300 plus. Very yeah. well. They made 315 yeah. because a solid start and uh, Scott Edwards' skipper coming in at number four, making sure the start is not wasted. A pity Vikramjit Singh couldn't get 100, neither could Scott Edwards. But then Sakib Zulfikar yeah. towards the end, doing his bit, scoring 34 quick runs, right? And ensuring that yeah. 315 is a really, very, very good score. But Zimbabwe also chased down a huge score yesterday, very comfortably against USA, right? Yes. So yeah. then you know, this is the form team also they're playing at home. And they also have a point to prove that you, most people would look at West Indies and Sri Lanka and say, these are the teams that will go through. But here, Zimbabwe say we have not fallen so far behind in the cricketing structure of the world that we 
can be taken lightly anymore yeah. right i mean yes. coming back to sikandar raza look i mean i think he's had a day of his life potentially four wickets with the ball first of all yes and then a hundred of just 54 balls 188 strike rate you're right i mean it's apparently the fastest 100 in odis for zimbabwe as well oh that's a great record yeah I mean, he's he's gone after the bowling. I think Shari Ahmed got hit for a hat trick of sixes. I mean, with about 70, 60, 70 runs, he really burst out, trying to um, score the runs as quickly as possible. Absolutely, an approach where there's no fear. Your thoughts? I mean, were Netherlands just a bit flat, or just Zimbabwe were really special? Yeah, I mean, you can't do anything Ajit, when someone bats like that. I mean, it's, it's uh, one of those days, isn't it? I mean, when nothing goes your way. And it was like one-way traffic. If you look at the scorecard, I mean, uh, after getting 315, there was not a moment where uh, Netherlands uh, were in the game. It was like one-way traffic. They just lost four wickets and there were partnerships, you know. The openers got 50-40. Then the number three batsman, uh, Sean Williams, got 91. And they just there uh, was one failure and then Sikandar Raza took the game away from them. And, Probably, I think, uh, uh, I mean, I see a lot of weaklings in Netherlands bowling. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be probably be one of the reasons uh, I, I feel. Right. Look, uh, if you look at Netherlands bowling, you would think they had one spinner too many. So, uh, Aryan yeah, Dutt yeah. spins, Clayton Floyd, Shariz Ahmed and Saqib Zulfikar. Four spinners potentially. Three of whom are regular bowlers, yeah. actually. That, that's a bit too much. I mean, yeah. if Vikram Jit Singh taking nothing away from the way he bowled, actually, he got the first breakthrough, if I'm not wrong. But... Nothing yes, away yeah. from him, he can't be your backup bowler. I'd say Basta Lida should be your backup bowler. But then we know Netherlands are missing three really good uh, fast bowlers, right? No Klassen, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So when you know Logan van Beek is uh, your second bowler and Aryan van Dutt, Aryan Dutt is the one who's going to open the bowling, you know they're in a bit of trouble yeah. bowling-wise. So in this tournament, I think they have, their bowlers have their work cut out for them. And uh, just one team qualifies from either group, so it's uh, it's going to be really tough. I mean, as you said, I think uh, uh, from the outside you can say England and Western is going to qualify, but Zimbabwe are in uh, with a shout. I believe that Zimbabwe can upset, uh, uh, you know, cause upset. Right. I mean, you would always think, you know, um, at least Zimbabwe are looking consummate in their two victories. But when yeah. you look at how West Indies won against uh, USA, so it was West Indies won against the USA. My apologies on that. But if you look at yeah. West Indies, well, it should not have been that much of a competition, really. But I think true, true. Gajanan yeah. Singh, who's basically a Caribbean player, a former Caribbean player, actually. So him yeah. to come score 100, right? And then yeah. so maybe he was making a point to his former colleagues or some teammates formerly, yes. right? To get there, yeah. that's, that's fantastic to see. So that's also some lessons yes. learned there. And yeah. West Indies will want to put the stamp on the proceedings. I mean, it never looked like USA would win the game. But they hung on, they batted 50 overs. Again, today, against Nepal, even though they didn't make many runs or enough runs, they batted time and they nearly finished their quota of overs USA. So USA have grown a lot. They're showing that they're, they're growing in the right direction. Nepal is the other team, yeah. which I thought fantastic. Because, I mean, uh, yesterday they nearly... You know, made enough of a score that on another day they could have surprised Zimbabwe. Right? 290. Uh, Zimbabwe yeah. and top order is in really special form, so they are making it happen. But if they were to get an initial breakthrough within the first 20-30 runs, you never know. Right? That's another thing you may want to be careful of. So, again, it clearly shows the gap between the top tier's bottom half 
and the next tier the second tier is very very close now uae had an off day against sri lanka sri lanka actually will be very happy with the way their top and middle orders performed yesterday but we should actually have a quick chat about the ireland oman game what you already said look oman doesn't get the same kind of recognition that somebody would give to nepal or uae because they are relatively new but the the amount of uh, improvements that they have brought about in terms of fitness in terms of approach is quite something because first of all maybe even 3 years ago 281 against a team like ireland may have been a bridge too far for oman now they have the belief that they can chase this down so i think also towards the end uh, they lost a little bit of uh, momentum otherwise they could have kept uh, ireland under 270 but uh, from let's say 46 overs to 40 ireland scored 10 of 10 each of the last four overs and 281 was a competitive score thanks to um george dockerell who is now a consummate batsman and he made at uh, 91 not out better than run a ball at the half mark most people like me we thought now oman, oman will not be able to chase it but kashyap prajapati the opener made a 72 jatinder singh failed because jatinder singh is the real dasher but i think kashyap prajapati played a very very steady role but then their middle order two consummate 50s 146 not out right and ayan khan who's who's i think really one of the stars of the associate cricket for me because he's bowling very good spin he's a sure. very young guy and 21 of 21 uh, just so that you know there's no pressure on the batsman i don't know if yeah. you can actually see these games live are you able to catch any of these games yeah 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 uh, it's it's live on hotstar you can you can watch those in live so yeah, yeah. Uh, for me it was mostly just the scorecard but i just think yeah, yeah. fantastically well done toman If you were to look at you know the group stages now, and if you were to just look at the table, right? So Zimbabwe, West Indies yeah. in one group, Sri Lanka, Oman in the other group, and Ireland are now currently number three. But you would see this slowly changing. Scotland have not yet played a single game, and Scotland are also really yeah. strong in this group. So, if I were to ask you for a quick prediction at this stage, yeah, still you would think West Indies and Sri Lanka, or do you see some other team pipping them? Yeah, West Indies and Sri Lanka. my cricketing now says it has to be western in sri lanka but i won't be surprised i won't be surprised if uh, zimbabwe makes it through and uh, you know right west indies can be hot and cold mm. and one bad day and they could lose it and uh, that's what i believe i think uh, if there's one team which can you know uh, taper off its west indies uh, so one bad day and zimbabwe can uh, i think zimbabwe versus west indies will be a, a potential semi final uh, if i may mm-hmm. say so who wins that game will be qualifying uh, from that group and it, it's going to be a great stuff you know i mean uh, west indies are pretty much playing their uh, full strength side uh, of course i think uh, there's nicolas pooran and there are few big names missing but still they have a, a you know a quality team mm-hmm. but west indies is west indies you don't know which kind of uh, which team turns up on that particular day so yeah fingers crossed as far as zimbabwe is concerned i want uh, zimbabwe to qualify to be honest <laughs> i can i can understand look west indies also were in a little bit of trouble their openers couldn't do much yeah. but then their middle order bailed them out and even though roman powell sort of yeah. failed they had yeah. jason holder the all rounder right and that guy sort of made sure they got in a front and yeah once you got beyond 275 i think west indian bowling attack is still way too strong for any associate team him up all jason holder yeah. and kyle myers between them they sort of shut the game down in the first 15 overs already and from then on usa was chasing but if in the upcoming days when west indies will have to play 
uh, one of the more stronger teams that that's going to be very interesting for me if you know they can get their act together yeah. what you saying makes sense if they have one or two cold days or a unconventional day and they've been in a lot of trouble all right true uh, in the meantime i can also tell you that uh, cummins has hit two sixes of joe root yeah yeah i yeah. saw that just saw that and 14 runs in that over where yeah. i think now the root experiment is done with the new ball yeah it's done i think uh, he just bowled one more one extra over i think he should have done that because exactly. taking the new ball and going in a conventional way would have you know made much more sense because you know talenters are there a spinner against you know the old ball it's always better you know for the batsman I mean, and uh, it's cost them more than 10 runs now i mean it could be very crucial you know no exactly so now it's 37 with 14 overs left and yeah, if yeah, yeah. cummins lands four more blows or five more blows the game is as good as done yeah. because you yeah, know this guy has a very uh, you know good clean hitting caliber and he's made uh, 50s in ipl games and stuff too much of a surprise they're still bowling with the old ball <laughs> i don't know no, why no i thought they took the I'm new sure ball that. maybe i'm i'm no sure. no no so that is still bowling with the old ball i see so yeah So I think now in this over you may see them take the new ball. Yeah, in mid, you know, mid over right. I think they would. Yeah, and that. maybe Ollie Robinson and or Anderson might yeah. partner him from the other end. So it still remains very enticing. Now, if you were to look at some of the news from off the cricketing field, well, there are a couple of interesting stories from Pakistan cricket and Pakistan cricket board perspective. So first one. there was a lot of hebbing and hawing we heard every sort of report pointing every way this is about the asia cup where finally it looks like the hybrid model has been approved by the acc right yeah. so there will be four games in uh, pakistan and nine will be played in sri lanka does this surprise you after yeah. all those uh, about turns u turns 180 degree turns whatever whatever else that happened in that uh, no it doesn't surprise me it was pretty much clear that uh, you know india is not going to go to pakistan to mm. play anymore mm-hmm. it was pretty much clear and india with its financial might and its bit of power uh, you know was was now the one is going to be budged mm. so i think uh, yeah i mean they got something it's kind of a like uh, you know you could say that they, it's kind of a bargain for them of course there will be a lot of uh, financial losses for them because of this hybrid model but can't do anything you know when uh, a team like uh, in a country like india is 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 not you know good books uh, you're obviously going to suffer and uh, yeah at least they got something uh, going in their favor i think hybrid model they should they should uh, take this as an opportunity and conduct the matches without any you know untoward moments i mean then it's probably going to be better for the pakistani future i mean cricket for especially hosting the cricket matches are concerned in pakistan right look this is sort of i think both sides are pushing the envelope a little india trying to show True. its might but also seeing how far they can get away with it but you, you know yeah. pakistan also is a very big cricketing country out there and whatever yeah. be the political situation between these two countries they would do well to park it on the side when it comes to sport but then when every part of your um every part of your facet let's say be it sport be it or governance be it everything else is used these days it, it's not wrong because it looks like you know both both sides are very set in their ways so it was sort of a bit of brinkmanship both of them sort of knew how it would end but both sides were trying to push the envelope however far they could because there are still yeah. reports where pakistan says or the pcb says najam said he had come out in one of his last uh, interviews right uh, before he steps down as an interim chairman that's the other news right he's not going to seek a re-election it looks like and maybe zakashraf will be coming back is the news but before he sort of stepped down in one of his last um, interviews with the media he apparently said um, 
we are not sure if we are going to india to play the world cup because we are going to take a lead from yeah. our government much like india does from its government yeah. right so more brinksmanship is going to come up come the world cup i think there was a lot of delay in the announcement of the world cup schedule which completely unheard of because they usually announced a whole year in advance and so on to allow fans from everywhere in the world to come but um they only announced it 6 months even less than 6 months to go with the world cup and yeah. there's still some brinksmanship going on so i would watch this space very carefully i think true and as i said the other news najam sethi is not looking to seek a re-election he was the interim chairman now it looks like he doesn't want to seek a full uh, chairman position so it's going to probably go to zakashraf there's, there's some political wrangling going around uh, behind the scenes yeah. you know more about this yeah i think uh, ramiz raja was the only person who held it for uh, you know for a brief term for a bigger stint i would uh, for a, more than a couple of years he was there mm. and after that it just been like uh, you know 6 months 1 year kind of thing i think the political turmoil is always there as in pakistan it's it's not a democratic setup i mean that's that's where the problem lies you know i mean you can be thrown away the very next day i mean uh, the way the the whole cricket body functions in pakistan they don't have a proper first class structure and the teams are in disarray and a uh, lot of people you know migrate to uh, other countries and play the young youngsters for that matter so i mean the house is in complete mess and it starts from the top you know the pcb and uh, i don't think unless they you know uh, uh, embrace a democratic setup where you know like the bcs of course uh, bcs for all the yields we criticize them but we still run a proper functional yeah. unit unless something of that sort happens with the pcb mm. you will see this i mean no one would want to you know uh, want the crown well when you say bcci is running a very democratic setup i don't think i can agree with you we really know yeah, who is in control and there is a rubber yeah. stamp chairman in place place and uh, yeah and the, let's just put it like this the chairman of the asian cricket council is also de facto chairman of the pcci true, true. right i mean in, yeah, that that is very much true but pakistan you know it's always been notorious with their administration uh, you know it's, it's just been there for decades and uh, i don't see any changes in this uh, you know the way cricket functions uh, in pakistan this is really disappointing actually. that's one thing for all the cricket achievements on you know the great players they produced in their 80s and the 90s mm. uh, it's really unfortunate to see the team like pakistan go downhill in all the facets they are they are doing okay there are there abouts but yeah, maybe true. some of the results in the multi team tournaments are not forthcoming yeah also i mean uh, what really hurt me the most hurt in the sense that disappointing was they lost all the test series at home that is really disappointing losing to uh, england losing to australia mm-hmm. at home uh, that's something no no uh, you know Uh, first, I mean, uh, subcontinent team has undergone. I mean, even Sri Lanka uh, beat comfortably Australia, pretty comfortably last, I think, couple of years ago. So this is one thing which is really disappointing because Test match cricket, Pakistan, still not there. And uh, uh, probably in the days to come, uh, once India, you know, resumes its ties as far as Test cricket is concerned, we would want to see a proper, you know, uh, Test match cricket between India and Pakistan. I'm really waiting for that moment. It's been about 15 mm-hmm. years now. 2007 bangalore test was right. the last test so it's been what 16 years now almost yeah yeah i mean this would be quite something yeah that's true i mean i i'm just waiting for that moment ajit because uh, when i remember in, in 1999 when pakistan toured to india for the two test match series i mean a lot of promos which i don't remember what happened in 8, 1989 <laughs> and uh, yeah 
So it was there are a lot of a lot of promos going that you know Pakistan is will be playing a test match, India and Pakistan will be playing test matches uh, after what eight years or something. So it's going to be a great moment or something. Now it's been sixteen years and we haven't seen a test match. Hopefully in our lifetime we'll get to see a test match uh, between India and Pakistan. Hopefully. So this one I wholeheartedly agree with you and uh, let's hope these sort of matters are resolved as soon as possible and uh, they resume cricketing uh, relations. Let's see how the sure. upcoming years. Uh, shape up. So yeah. those are all the topics I wanted to discuss with you. In the meantime, the test match is continuing to be exciting. There was a dropped catch yeah. of Lyon and uh, Cummins is the moment hit a couple of big hits. So now the target is 30 with 13 hours or at least 12 and a half, so half hours left. This uncanny similarity between 2005 Birmingham. It's happening, Ajit. It's mm. happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably the moment it comes down to uh, you know a single digit, it's going to be fun. If they're nine down and they, they are like Eight or ten to again get it's going to be fun. It might very well happen, right? So there are yeah. some chances being given. There are some chances being taken. Taken, yeah. Matter of two good balls for England, Australia, England. Yeah. And matter of you know, ten ten overs of proper batting for uh, Australia. I mean, it, you don't even need ten overs. I think four overs, given that we are in a T20 Yeah, era. the way I think. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. the Pat Cummins is going. I mean, that's why we all are test cricket, don't we? I think uh, no form of the game can enthrall you to this extent. This is absolutely everything. You live for this, you know, these uh, Romance, 30 yeah. minutes or something where uh, yeah. it's it's absolutely the peak where the tension is at the highest. Yeah, so, I mean, like a full credit to England uh, to bring in life as far as test matches is concerned because uh, look, in, everyone wants England, uh, everyone wants to watch England play test match cricket. I mean, that's the way, you know, the template is and they just go after the ball, chase for leather and put on score and ball aggressively, set the attacking fields and uh, I mean the moment you are not afraid of losing you can do these kind of things that's what uh, basketball is doing to test match cricket hopefully you know all other teams reciprocate and play this this brand of cricket it's really good for test match cricket's future that's what I believe and it takes the pitches out of equation yeah I was saying last episode that you know they'll need yeah. to perform with this mentality for maybe a couple more years but yeah more and more true. people I mean, are getting convinced yeah, and Ajit, I mean, there's one more thing. It's it's like, you know, if if they lose a couple of games on the trot, uh, attempting this, there'll be a lot of naysayers saying that that's why you lost this game. That's why, I mean, when you talk about this uh, New Zealand test match, they could have easily enforced the follow-on and, uh, you know, they could have uh, batted them out of the game. And they, they chose to do, I mean, uh, they did not enforce the follow-on, uh, if I'm not wrong. I think... Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, when, they, when you lose by one run, it could have gone either way. But... You know, when people say that you lost the test match because of your approach, I don't think that's the right way to go because, uh, you know, it's the results are there to be seen, Ajit. And once this mm-hmm. approach was, you know, embraced by England, they, they've been winning uh, 70% of the games. And that just goes to show what, what kind of a difference it has made to the test match fortunes. And especially winning in subcontinent, 3 0 in Pakistan is a great feat. Absolutely. I mean, and two of those were crazy, yeah, crazy. Very trouble. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, scoring at seven and over in the third innings and so on. Yes. Oh God, true, that was true. quite something. I mean, that's why I think it makes the England uh, India series next year in India all the more interesting. I mean, let's see how baseball works in India's uh, dashboards. Indeed, that's a that's a good thought process. And yeah. well, let's let's keep our eyes uh, back on the screen now because uh, this is going down to the wire. Yeah. As I said, thank you for uh, yeah. giving me the opportunity and the time Pleasure and uh, I would like to have you as well in the upcoming episodes when and where possible always available yeah yeah Ajit thanks a lot thanks for having me again. have a good day yeah
you too and we wish all our listeners a great day wherever they may be listening from bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast